You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. That's good. Sound good? Do it. Man. <laughs> awesome. Welcome everybody to the Seeking Excellence Podcast. My name is Nathan Crankfield, your host. I'm here with our beloved chaplain, Father Chase Hildebrink. Father Chase, how are we living, my man? Yo, so good to be back, man. We got to record more of these. These are This is too fun. Keep, keep feeding the people, keep getting fired up. And you and I, as long as this engine is going, we're going we're gonna to keep pumping them out. That's it, baby. We're having a good time for sure. For sure. Have a good time. Can't wait till we get to do one in person someday. That's going to be the pinnacle right. <laughs> of our podcasting career for sure. So today we got a great topic planned talking about how can we fill ourselves? You know, the last time we talked, Father, you and I talked about really doing a lot of works of mercy, how Christians are called to eat last, leaders eat last, and how we're called to sacrifice ourselves for the sake of other people. One thing that when you're doing that, whether you're a parent, a leader, a spouse, whatever, is you can start to get kind of uh, bitter towards other people or the bitter towards the ones who you're constantly sacrificing for, either you feel like they're not appreciating it or it's never returned or whatever, or you can just get straight up burnt out, right? There's a point right. of sacrifice for right. people where we just get burnt out. And it's kind of like, I think that that analogy is, you know, often overused is the, the airplane. You know, they talk about the oxygen mask drop down. You need to fix on your own mask before you help somebody else put their mask on. The reason why you do that is because if you black out in the middle of helping them, then you're both done, you know, especially if it's a child or something like that. They're not going to know how to do it. You're blacked out. Now you're both in danger. So you have to put on your own mask first before you help somebody else. And so for us in the Christian life, what that means is your life of prayer, your life in the sacraments, your inner life, your, cont your contemplative life, you know, your spiritual life and how we take yeah. care of that. So what's been your journey with that? Just kind of, you know, learning how to balance those two things of working and serving other people, but also connecting with your God. You, you hit on like three different things that I want to talk about there. But since you asked that question, I, I'll, I'll just say that um, it's been a process. So if, if you feel like you're getting burnt out or if, if you don't know how to do this, um, I'll say that like it, it's a process of, of being attentive to these things and knowing what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. The problem is, is that we look at other successful people around us and, and we say this person goes like, hundred percent at everything. And they're going 300% because they got three different jobs and they got all these things that they're doing and they seem happy Especially all the time and they're flourishing. Yep. Right. Right. Yep. And, and they're flourishing. And, and so I guess, I guess if I'm going to be successful and if I'm going to be important and if I'm going to be holy, then I have to do all the things that that person's doing. Yeah. Yo, that is not the right way to figure out what's best for me. Right. Um, 
the saints will say self-knowledge, right? Self-knowledge is the first stage of holiness. Mm-hmm. If I don't know myself, then, then how in the world am I going to work towards my strengths? And how am I going to avoid the pitfalls of my life, my own temptations, my own, my own weaknesses and failures? How do I do that? I have to, I have to know myself. Right. So I'll just say, to answer your question, the, the way that I've done this throughout time is coming to know myself and what works for me, right? St. John Vianney uh, famously had, you know, you know, the way that he did. If, if people don't know St. John Vianney, he is the patron saint of priests, lived in Ars, France. One of the things that he did is he slept for three hours a night right? And he, he sat in the confessional for 15 to 18 hours a day. And he lived, wow. on like one, yeah, lived on like one moldy potato a week, right? <laughs> like he fasted, he deprived himself sleep. He did all these things and he just went. And, and so he got an assistant one time. There's a story that he got an assistant assigned to him. And the assistant was like, well, I guess that's what I got. That's what my pastor's doing. That's what yeah. I got to do. And Vianney warned him. He says, do not do what I do. You can't do it. And you know, one man challenging another man that's not going to go well anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, right? And, and so the kid was like, I can do this, you know? <laughs> and Boy. after, was, was, was miserable, like, no charity, like, couldn't get out of bed, like, you know, the worst Stop Christian, smiling. Yeah, worst stop Christian. smiling. <laughs> yeah, and so he was like, I told you you can't do this. You right. know? Like, like, don't do this. You have to find what works for you, right? And so that's, that's, what, that's what we have to find out. So I, I found in my ways, and if you want me to explain that, I can, but like what works for me, and, and it's been that way over time. Um, and, and I'm not trying to be John Vianney. I'm trying to be Father Chase Hogenbrink, who, who God has, has destined for sainthood and, and who desires to me to be the best version of myself. And I have, to, I have to do that because I'm the only one that can be me, right? And so right. I have to figure that out. I have to figure out I can't be Nate Crankfield. Oh, no matter how hard you try. <laughs> <laughs> we've learned that the hard way over the last <laughs> six years or so no longer than that like eight years wow oh man nine years that's insane so yeah that's beautiful man and i think one of the crazy things one of the important things in that too though is that people go to the other extreme with that of saying like oh well what works for me is going to mass twice a month you know yeah. what works for me is like the super super low bar and so i always try to encourage people i'm like listen what I realized in my journey with that, as you start to study the greats, and you and I both love this, right? When you were when you were playing soccer, when I was playing basketball, when we were playing basketball, I used to watch Kobe Bryant highlights. I used to watch RIP to the Mamba. I used to watch LeBron highlights, Jordan highlights, and I would go and try to act out their moves, right? I tried to listen to their interviews, understand yeah. their mentality of basketball. I listened to the people that I knew that were good at basketball, of why they made certain decisions and certain plays and things like that, right? In a similar way, if we apply that same mentality, you can do that in business strategies. You know, we love Simon Sinek. He does that, applying like successful CEO strategies to your mm-hmm. company. We do that in everything that we do, right? We, we go to college to learn from people who have ideally had success in that field that we're studying yeah. so that they can teach us how to do that. We should apply that same mentality to the saints and to those, the, great, the great people of our church who have lived out the faith very boldly and very clearly in powerful ways. When you do that, there's certain things that you start to see that are patterns in their lives, right? <laughs> like you start to right. realize like, oh, wait, there's never been a canonized saint who only went to mass twice a month. Maybe that's not a good minimum <laughs> for me. You know what I mean? Oh, wait, yeah. every canonized saint in the last thousand years had a devotion to the rosary and prayed the rosary at least once a day. I should probably pray the rosary once a right. day or at least be working towards making that some part of my life, even if it's just once a week, you know, having some aspect of it to be included in your spiritual practices but we don't, too often, I think people want, especially in this world that we live in today, which is full of relativism, it's full of, you know, you living your truth, it's full of you, like, people to understand that 
you're like when we say, and I know that you didn't mean this, but I'm just giving the other side of it. Sure. When we say that you have to know yourself and know what works for you, it doesn't mean that, you know, you have to, the virtues in the mean typically, right? It doesn't mean yep. that you have to go and, and try to become Father John, St. John Vianney, but you also don't then just become the worst priest in America. You know what I mean? <laughs> and don't try at all. There's minimums for right. priests, right? You say mass. We talked about saying right. mass every day, a holy hour every day. Like, and that's not just for priests, but you know, thinking about what is, what does excellence look like for me? I think that's the question that we want to get people to, right? Is thinking about learning yourself, knowing what works for you, what draws out the best for you. I tell people all the time, for me, if I exercise consistently, read on a regular basis and yep. pray every single day, and I'm talking at least 30 minutes of mental prayer a day. If I add on to that, those are like my three minimums that like keep Nathan Crankfield, Nathan Crankfield, you know what I mean? That I can feel yeah. sharp, strong myself. I'm joyful. I, I, you know, my virtues strong. Like I can fight. I can take on temptation when it comes. He's when I don't, man. that's it. Right. Then I'm rocking. This is what keeps me being the man. <laughs> Pretty much. That's essentially what I'm saying. I appreciate you kind of breaking it down to the, the fundamental message that I was getting to. But what people, yeah, I feel like people just kind of skip out on that of like, Okay, so that's my basics, right? That's what I know needs keeps yeah. me from just being a horrible version of myself, from, from just falling into deep sin, yeah. from falling away from God. But what's excellence look like for me? So that's what I say, okay, when I'm falling off and I'm not at that place yet of doing those three things consistently, which was literally last week, I had a horrible week, right? I tried to yeah. set my schedule. We're both transitioning, try to set my schedule. Right. I was like, okay, that didn't work. So now this week I'm trying it again. And it's going a lot better because I made some adjustments. But First thing is, all right, what, how can I hit my minimums that keep me a virtuous, holy version of myself that's growing closer towards God consistently? Now I have to think, right. you know, what does excellence look like for me? What does excellence look like? And then how do we kind of approach that? But yeah, talk, talk to us more about just like the, you know, I mean, it's such, it's a difficult thing to balance because just like now I have work, I have to go to bed with work undone, right? Doing videos yep. for other people, yep. podcasts to record. There's college guys to have conversations with, to spend time with, to invest right. in but I also have to go pray and I also have to sleep. So how yeah. do you go about, how do you go about balancing all those things? Right. Yo, by the way, Nathan Crankfield said last week, you know, um, what excellence looks like for me is getting Mary tatted, tatted on my forearm. That's that right, baby. That's, that's how you know. <laughs> that's what excellence the immaculate looks heart. like this is, If I, I don't get it. anything else right, I will tap Mary on my arm. I gotta have and the egg. <laughs> Offer the oh Jesus through Mary. There it is. That's Yo, it. To, 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 to tell you something, you know, about what, a, you know, what you thank you for, for, for looking at what I said and saying, yeah, it doesn't mean relativism, right? Yeah. Here's, here's what Francis Which of Assisi says. Which is not what you meant by any means. Right? And I know that. No. But, but here's, here's what Francis of Assisi says. I, I, I love this, this quote that many people have heard before, but I think it sums up everything that we've said and maybe we can wrap that up. He says, start by doing what's necessary, mm. right? you got to do what's necessary. There's a baseline, right? I'm not saying to do whatever you want. I'm saying, yeah, you start by doing what's necessary. And, and what is necessary? Well, look, look, look at, uh, you know, all, all of our requirements to be a saint, right? Like, uh, yeah, yes, you do have to go to mass every Sunday, right? Like that's not just whenever I want, right? And, and maybe the Lord is asking you to do more than that. Maybe it's, right. you know, how much prayer every single day, right? Objectively speaking, the mass is the most important thing in the world. Subjectively speaking, prayer is the most important thing in the world, mm -hmm. right? So, and the trick is, is that mass actually is prayer. So, um, but you got to do what's necessary first. But Francis says, start by doing what is necessary. Then you do what is possible. And suddenly you'll be doing the impossible, right? That's it. So you just start with the necessary stuff. Then you say, what are the things that I'd like to be doing? You know, if I wanted to be excellent, right? And then, and then you, you realize that you're doing things that you never thought that you could do before. You just talked to me about balance. You just asked me about what does balance look like in my life? 
here's something I love about balance and what I've learned along the way. Balance, and, and, and many of us in our adolescence, we learn about this balance and everybody tells us we have to be balanced. And I think that they, what they want to do is talk about virtue, but we never say that. We just say, you got to be balanced. Yeah, you should keep yourself balanced, right? Right. Um, let me say this to, to anybody, any young people who are watching. Balance is not about doing all things for the same amount of time. Balance is about doing the right things for the right amount of time. Should I say that again? Balance Please. is not about doing all things for the same amount of time. That's spreading yourself too thin. Mm -hmm. What if I'm doing things that I don't need to be doing? What, even if it was good. What if it doesn't pertain to me right now? Why am I doing that? And why am I calling that balance? If I'm spreading myself so thin right. that I don't do anything substantially, right? Balance is not about doing all things for the same amount of time. It's about doing the right things for the right amount of time. So I have to determine what my priorities are. And that's about knowing thyself. Right? Mm -hmm. when, I, when I come to know myself, I know my priorities. I know that I have to pray today. I know I have to go to mass. I know I have to, I have to, I have to get my exercise in. And I know I have to have some social time with, with friends or family or somebody in my life, like just to be sane, right? So I, I need those things. If that's the baseline, if that's what's necessary, right? I need to do those things. The question is how long do I need to do those things? Right. Here's, a, here's an, for instance, look at religious orders. Religious orders are, are all striving for sainthood, mm -hmm. right? Um, and they have what's called a rule of life. They all have a rule of life, but all of their rules are different. They may do different things within those rules, but they have said, if I have 24 hours in a day, what would I do to become a saint? And let's just go to the father of Western monasticism, a man named Benedict, which you should know a lot about by now or should be learning about him at his, at his Benedictine school, right? right. But, but even there at your campus, you're learning the Benedictine way of life. And basically what that is, is Benedict said, if all things aren't equal, then I'm going to say what my life looks like. And what are the things, if I have 24 hours in a day, here's what I would do to become a saint. Mm -hmm. And all things are not equal, right? right? Jesus was not fair and he was not balanced in the, in the worldly terms. He did not spend the same amount of time with, with, with all people, right? In order to be fair and balanced. He spent an inordinate amount of time with a very small group of people. Right. And that it was his virue. That's right. right. And in the eyes of the world, he was very unbalanced, but he did the right thing for the right amount of time. Boom. He invested in the things that he needed to invest in, in, in his disciples and in preaching. He says, I come to preach the word. And I got I got to go. I got to There's no timeline. We got to go. Right. So he did the right it. things for the right amount of time. Yeah. Which is so, I mean, that's it, you know, like how do you, and, and, and I think that the thing that people are getting really afraid of, I think, is this, this trial and error that you have to go about, right? So the, the thing that is so appealing about the world's approach or, or just uh, promotion of mediocrity and lukewarmness is that it's easy to achieve, right? It's easy to feel yeah. like, oh, I hit it. I did my, I did my goals. You know, oh, you know, like going to mass every Sunday is kind of hard. Going to the chapel every day while I'm at a Catholic school or going to, you know, pray every day or whatever is making time for that is really hard. So I'm just going to like make that not part of my criteria, and then I don't right. have to worry about it anymore. One of my favorite things about prayer, I'll never forget this, like challenged me as a single guy. Uh, Father Mike Schmidt said about prayer once, he said, this was one of the most baller things. And you know him, like my man just drops it with a smile, right? He says, he's like, yeah, he's like, if you, if you are a parent or, you know, husband or wife or whatever, and you have kids, like he's, he said, you don't have to pray a holy hour every day. Like you don't have to pray for an hour every day, as long as you're okay with being a mediocre parent. <laughs> 
Yeah, like, I mean, you don't, like, don't, yeah. like, you don't even have to worry about it. But as long as, you, as, long yeah. as you're down, you're okay. yeah. I was like, damn, you know, because at that point in my life, like, I'm, I'm giving God a good 15 to 20, maybe 30 minutes on a good day, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I don't have a wife or kids. What am I doing? But thinking about that and understanding, and it's just one of the things I think the church we get so bad at, and I think the church leaders are so bad at sometimes is giving us an op- the example of what does excellence look like, you know? And when you're living out your excellence, your version of excellence, it inspires me to live out my version of excellence and vice versa, right? Like you as a priest get inspired when you see a lay person that's getting after it and, and is no you know, disciplined with their time and is, is investing in their relationship with God on a consistent daily basis. Uh, you know, that's investing in other people that's taking care of themselves physically, that's reading and growing and is lifelong, dedicated to lifelong learning. You're inspired by that. Just like I am yeah. by a priest, just like I am by other lay people. I can be inspired by men, by women. Like it doesn't matter. Like you are an inspiration to other people. And I've been so impacted by this. You know, I'm going to do an entire podcast. Actually, I was thinking about it last night. I was up late last night, just <laughs> reflecting on my time with Father Meyer. Uh, I think it was like three or four weeks ago at this point that I stayed over at his house and because uh, I spoke at his parish back-to-back nights to the youth and then the young adults. And uh, just like, I prayed night prayer with him. And I was, like, the title is just going to be Night Prayer with Father Meyer. And just like what I learned just by being there with him as he's like falling asleep in night prayer because he's just like giving his all, right? <laughs> he's already prayed his two holy hours that day. He said mass that day. He heard confessions that day. He had time to spend with me, you know, like is exhausted, stayed up later than he usually would to like hang out with me and just for us to spend time together because I was moving soon. Like, I mean, I was just literally like moved. Like I, I was like, wow, like I'm witnessing holiness again in ways that I haven't seen it in, in quite some time. You know what I mean? Since I remember like my mission trips and seeing Sister Lisa, some of the seminarians and people that I saw at Mount St. Mary's, like I saw it, I've seen that before, like radical holiness, but it had been a really long time. But I was, I was familiar with it enough to know that I recognized it and for it to sure. move me, but, but also to realize like, wow, I haven't seen that in a while. And I remember when I used to inspire people, maybe not to this extent, but to some extent, in a similar way. And I want to be that again. For sure. You know what I mean? Like what a light you can be to the life of other people is, is just, right. it's, I mean, it's amazing. And that's, that's a good example too, of knowing yourself, you, Nate need, it sounds like to me, you need that example in your life every once in a while, right? right? You, you need that, that shot in the arm. You need to be around somebody who's going to inspire you once in a while to remind you of who you are and what you desire, because to go without that witness, to, to not put yourself in a place where you can have a father Meyer or, or anyone else that inspires you around there, like is, is, is to make you fall back maybe into mediocrity because you, you've forgotten what it looks like. Right. right. So it's good. It's good for us to remember what that looks like. It's good for us to put ourselves in, in, in situations where I know myself well enough. I know what I need to do. And sometimes what I need to do is be in the presence of somebody else who inspires me. Yeah. Right. So invite yourself into that situation, you know, and, and find yourself there, uh, make an excuse to, to make that happen. Um, so that so that you can put yourself in a position not not only to see their witness but then but then to be inspired yourself and and so you can live it and and be that witness to somebody else to fill your cup yeah because when you do that then then the way that you give to other people is 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 radically transformed i talked about that in letter number three i definitely talked about this uh, of black and white like me is that i feel like we have people on the extremes of both sides you have people who are very into the contemplative life very into prayer and, and they're, they're all about it. They're unwilling. And a lot of times, some of those people, now this is, I'm obviously putting the church in two extreme groups right here. Um, some people in the church that are unwilling to then sacrifice themselves, are unwilling to die to themselves, yeah. are unwilling to go out and get their hands dirty in service, are unwilling to do all these things. Prayer is the most important thing and it's beautiful and it's important and it's powerful. But then we have to take that out and it also has to like 
activate our lives, right? Like we have to, we can't just leave the church doors and forget everything and then be like, okay, you know, like I've done my good deed for the week with the Lord. Like I don't have to, you know, be uncomfortable. I don't have to get dirty. I don't have to do anything else now. But then on the other side, I see a lot of people, you know, my mom was a social worker. She is, she's a probation officer now. She's been a social worker for a really long time. And there's people who do a lot of hard work in the area of social work, um, in the area of service to the church. I saw it this past year as a, as a parish consultant where I saw church staffs who are at church seven days a week and never pray. They're always there. They're always working. They're dying to themselves so that they can give to other people. But there's a certain point where you hit where your, your service to others actually isn't as valuable as it could be if you were being filled up because you're really giving them. You're, this is what it comes down to. And you know this. You're just giving people yourself. Yep. You probably kind of suck. Right. Like that's, right. that's like the tagline of this people whole People don't episode. want me. Yeah, I mean, right. When you're yeah. giving people just yourself, you're not giving people anything good. Right. Like your own, like this is hard for some people to understand. And it's hard for me to understand. It's a very prideful guy. I'm sure you've had some pride in your life as well at some <laughs> point. Right. Like I'm a very prideful dude. I think I felt that once. Yeah. <laughs> right. John 15, one of the hardest <laughs> things for me to accept where Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Like there's nothing good that, that I've done or that I do in my life that comes from Nathan Crankfield. Right. And that's been one of the biggest things reading soul of the apostle mm-hmm. right now is that like, you can only give people Jesus when you're filled with Jesus and you can't be filled with Jesus just by good works. He fills them. He fills you with yep. himself through prayer, through the sacraments. Right. through scripture you know what i mean like through the rosary there's yeah. no you can't you're not going to shortcut that you're not the one who's found some secret way to, to fill yourself up with god's grace right. just by praying when your head hits the pillow at nighttime and doing good work in your profession no doubt yeah and and maybe another way we can say that is because people there are a lot of people that, that do work hard and and do Absolutely. work for, for justice and mercy and, and are doing all these works and, and are self-sacrificial and and are doing that and and they're finding a, a hard time for prayer or whatever but i will say that just what you said maybe to 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 um to say it in a different way is sometimes when we just give ourselves we're giving a, a temporary solution Yes. Right. We're, we're giving a we're giving something that, that may last them for a day. Right. We may we may quench their thirst, you know, for 30 minutes, but we're not giving them the true answer to what they're searching for. We're not giving them that that, that lasting answer. We're not getting the eternal answer to right. what their hearts actually desire and what they actually need. So, yeah, we can do good. We, we, we might be able to only through the Lord. Of course, all good things come from him. But whatever we, we have to give of our own. And if we're not being filled, it's, it's really not. It's a temporary solution. And, and why, why why work for a temporary solution? Right. You know? yeah. But why, why just put out a fire when we could be on mission? Uh, exactly. when we, we could be actually giving them words of eternal life. Transformation. Exactly. Yeah. God delights in spending time with you, you know, and it's important to know and it's important to fulfill that, to honor that and to give God your time so that he could transform you. And, you know, even if just for selfish reasons to start, your life is so much, and, it, and like it's nothing gets more frustrating to me with myself. It gets me more frustrated with myself than when I go a time without actually committing the, the right time to prayer and the you know the inner life, my spiritual life, and then when I experience it again, you know what I mean? When I have yeah. that radical time and I'm like, okay, hard reset. Like we're gonna start praying seriously. We're gonna start doing all these things, and I'm just like, life is so much better. <laughs> like like why do I ever not do it? You know what I mean? And you're just you're miserable. People are miserable out there, and it's like dude, like the, the church has figured this out. Like the church has figured out how to have a joyful, peaceful life. Like this is not rocket science. Like you don't have to, like you're not Ferdinand Magellan. Like you don't have to, you know, Christopher Columbus, like into the wilderness, try to figure it all out on your own. Like we've already got it down. You have to figure out like your workout program and like tailor it to you. You know, like you go into a CrossFit gym, it's like, this will get you fit. Let's tailor it to where you're at. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we might have to work you up to some of this stuff and find out where your strengths and weaknesses are. 
but you don't have to figure it all out. We already got to figure it out. And I've already yeah. got to figure it out, but sometimes I'm, I'm really dumb and I don't do, I don't do the right things, you know, <laughs> but the good thing that you have to do on the outside of that is I think have your anchor points. So I always say Sunday mass, I'll never stop going to Sunday mass because that always keeps me at least engaged in church life. But the wise thing, the thing that I think people really need to pick up on is even our, my relationship with you, like our friendship and how we picked up this year, Father Meyer, I wouldn't have been there with Father Meyer if I didn't reach out to Father Meyer. You know what I'm saying? Like me following up with him, me following up with you, like you have to be active in creating those moments that will get you around other people that will also inspire you. You can't just think that I'll always be the inspiration for other people. I never need to be inspired. It's not true. It's foolish. And it's incredibly prideful. That's and, you and you have to be normal. Yes. <laughs> be normal. That's for another episode, man. Oh, yeah. Amen. That's going to do it for today. Thank you, everybody, <laughs> for tuning in to the Seek Excellence podcast. Please follow us. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Seeking365. Find out more about Father Chase and myself at thosewhoseek.org. All this stuff's in the show notes. We appreciate you, Father Chase. You're the man. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We're going to do it again. Amen. <laughs> we'll see you soon.